Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would bless this time. I pray, Father, that you would open up our hearts to receive from you, Lord. We don't want to just have information about you. We want to know you. Lord, we don't want to just know about you. We want to know you. We ask for a fresh impartation of your Holy Spirit today, Lord. You're the fount that does not run dry. All of our fountains are in you, Lord, and that's what we're calling for today, Lord, is a greater revelation of you. We want to be aware of your presence, and we want to be able to do the things that you do. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Here's the scripture we've been working from in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. This is part four, um, and uh, so I'm just going to read it to you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a good list. Against such things, there is no law. Nobody's outlawing it. That's good. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So here's this list of things that we would do. Every one of those things on the, that are fruits of the Spirit are also actions that we would do. We show that we're bearing that fruit because we actually do these things. However, we cannot do these alone, can we? We have to live by the Spirit in order to be able to do any of this. So that's, you know, that's easy to say, isn't it? It's easy to say, oh yeah, we, yeah, we live by the Spirit. That sounds cool. Sounds great. That's a good concept. Like, no one's against it, right? Nobody's really troubled. No, we won't. Everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to live by the Spirit. And I don't think there's a single person in here that is in any way opposed to wanting to bear this kind of fruit. I think we all want that, right? Does anybody, you can leave now if you don't want it, because that's what we're going to talk about this whole time. Um, but here's the problem. The problem is, how do we do that? How does this happen? How does this not just become a to-do list that's really frustrating for us, that we look at this list and be like, oh, yeah, I got like none of that going on, and, and just feeling like I want to aspire to do it, but I can't quite do it. And the way, that we, the way that we're able to actually have this kind of fruit, have this kind of behavior, have these kind of actions, is to stay in step with the Spirit. We crucify the flesh. Yikes, right? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we've actually died to an old way of doing things, and we're alive to a new way of doing things, and that's what I want to talk about today, and I want to make it heaps practical for us. I don't want this to just be a concept that we're like, that sounds good. I'm, I am for that. I click like on Facebook about that thing. In fact, no, I heart that thing. Boop. And then we're like, okay, bring on the fruit. No, I want some actions here. Let's talk about an action plan as to how we can actually see this get down, all right? We want to we inculcate this into our lives. Isn't that fun to say? Just say that, inculcate. Not one taker, inculcate? Inculcate? Kinkle cake? Kinkalate? We want that to be the culture that's inside of us, amen? Not one taker. Tyler, you sabotaged me. All right, so let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of getting in step with the Spirit when the flesh is having a hard time. I want to give you an example. This is something that happens in my life. This idea of stepping out of what would naturally happen and stepping into what supernaturally happens. Amen? Does that sound somewhat interesting? I hope so because that's what I'm going to talk about. All right. There was this point where I needed to forgive someone who had hurt me very deeply. And there was no opportunity for them to make right what they had done, nor were they trying to do so. They were, they were not beating down my door to repent for hurting me. 
And I could see that I had to forgive him. I, I knew that I needed to forgive him. I mean, we read the Bible, Matthew 18 is pretty clear, isn't it, about forgiving. You must forgive from the heart or else my Father in heaven will not forgive you. And I read that and I'm like, all right, I definitely want to forgive them. I have something in it to forgive them. But you guys, I'm, I could not do it. I could not do it. How many of you have had that moment, right? It's like, I know the right thing to do, but I just, it just, uh, I just, I can't get, I can't do it. I just cannot do it. It's hard for us to admit that, isn't it, when we can't do something. But I couldn't. I wanted to, but I couldn't. And, 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 and as I was going through this, as I was asking the Lord, Lord, how do I get into this? Um, th this scripture was highlighted to me. Uh, Galatians 2, 20 through 21 I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I don't set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Let me just say something real quick here. That list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, if we're going to try to get that done in our own strength, it's a lot like just trying to keep the law in our own strength, right? How many people were able to do that? None. None. And all of Galatians, the premise, the context of all of Galatians is that Paul is coming back and he's saying, hey, foolish Galatians, you started out in the spirit. Are you now going to turn to the letter of the law to try to save yourselves? In other words, are you now going to try to, through your behaviors and actions, justify and save yourselves? Are you going to return to that? Because that didn't work for anyone. Are you with me? You're going to try to get a list to get you to live right. Is that how you're going to start? Is that what you're going to do, foolish Galatians? Now, what was the point? Was the point that we shouldn't fulfill the law? No, that's not the point. The point is we are unable to fulfill the law, the law of love, right? All of the Torah, all the law and the prophets, Jesus says, is summarized in this. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets is summarized in that. And not one of us gets it done without the ability of the Holy Spirit. Not one of us comes to that place. And this list of the fruit of the Spirit, if you see that, what is the list of that fruit of the Spirit? That is all super relational fruit, isn't it? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're not talking about a refrigerator that we're doing that with. We're not talking about a car. Well, some of you, your car, but it needs to go beyond the car. It needs to go beyond your computer. This is relational language. This is love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. If, if, but, it, but, but many of us as believers, we look at this. We aspire to do it. We want it to be the list that we live by. Like, okay, am I being, uh, am I being lovey? All right, check. Do I have great joy? Pencil check. Peace? Woo, I'll get back to that one. Long suffering? Skip it. Kindness? goodness, faithful, you know, and we, and we turn that into, and what is it really? What can it become? It actually becomes us trying to live a life that we can say, Lord, look, I'm doing the stuff. I'm doing the things. I'm doing the stuff. I'm looking at the list. I'm going to show you through my behavior that I'm, that I'm doing good. And what happens? We can't really pull it off, can we? So here I am trying to do what is written, but unable to access the power to actually do it. Are you guys with me so far? 
And, and, and in this situation, it was somebody that, 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 that had hurt me and I needed to forgive them. They had hurt me deeply. And I'm going, God, I actually want to do this, but I'm telling you, I cannot seem to do this. I can't seem to produce the things that you said over here, that long-suffering thing, that kindness thing. That's not happening in me. What do I do? What do I do? And he says, okay, Joshua. And he brought me to the scripture, and here's what he brought up. He's highlighted this. I no longer live. Joshua Revis no longer lives, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. So the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Not faith in Josh's ability to bring, to manufacture some love and some joy and some peace, right? I'm peacing at you right now. No, no, I'm, Christ is in me. Christ is in me. I'm, I'm not, I don't live anymore. Do you get this? I, here's the beauty. You know why you like me? Because I already died. Josh 1.0 was just a hot bucket of naughty. Like you did not like that guy. You didn't, my wife has told me, I'm glad I didn't meet you before I met you. I'd have hated you. I was like, oh, yeah, you would have. You would have. You would have. But see, Joshua Rivas actually died. My old person has died. I no longer live. This is Bible. You no longer live. You don't know why that's good news yet, but I'm going to tell you. And now I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And here's this last one that I've highlighted for you. This last one that I've highlighted for you. I do not set aside the grace of God. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Now check this out. If I try to aspire to bear the fruit of the Spirit on my own, I'm setting aside the grace of God and trying to create through my behavior and my actions something to show to you that I'm a good person or that I'm a follower of Christ or whatever. And you know what? My motivation is fine. It's like I really do want to produce that fruit. I think you all identify. We all want to produce that fruit. But there's a way that it can be produced, there's, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and the only way is through Christ. Are you guys seeing this? Now, I'm going to break this down and get it real practical for you, but are you with me so far? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm sitting here going, okay, God, I cannot forgive this person. I can't, I can't seem to muster up any feelings. I certainly don't have any feelings of forgiveness for this person. And each time that I would start to even, like, they're not even there. I don't even get to, like, go to them. This isn't a scenario where I get to go to them and say, hey, I just want to let you know. I know you've been repenting for a long time, and I'm finally ready to forgive you. It's like, no, I can't even talk to this person. So, so this is how deep it is. And my heart is they're not even there, and I can't even get to the, I'm like, Lord, I'm just going to go ahead and, Lord, I'm going to, in the name of, no, I don't, you know. <laughs> well, Lord, I'll pray for him. Okay, Father, I just pray, Lord, that. I mean, don't kill them, but crush them real good. No, that ain't it. That ain't it. So I could not get there. And the Lord began to invite me. He says, Joshua, you, what if you, and this is going to sound like heresy for a minute, but here's how he sucked me in. Talk to him about it. He said, what if you don't have to forgive him? I'm like, I'm listening. <laughs> I mean, I'm already with you on that one. So that's, I was way out ahead of, I was ahead of you on that one, Lord. He says, because here's the thing, you no longer live. So what you would do naturally, you don't have to worry about that because you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. 
What if you could agree with what Christ is doing in you? What if you could get outside of this of what you would do? What if that was dead? What if that was crucified? I was like, I like the way you think, Lord. You see, the thing we can get now, now let me just walk you through this because I want to share some other, some other places, but it, isn't that, that's amazing, isn't it? What if you and I could get out the way and let the Spirit of God do what the Spirit of God is doing? What if we could just agree with what he's doing instead of checking in with how I feel about everything? By the way, your feelings are important. I'm going to talk to you about those in a minute. They're just not the most important. Come on. So he began to ask me, Joshua, if you're dead, then there's a lot of opportunity for you to agree with what Christ is doing in you. And so I started saying, okay, Lord, what are you doing in me? What are you, Christ, you're in me. What are you doing? What are you doing in this situation? Because I could agree with you, the one who loved me and gave himself for me. What are you doing? And he goes, well, I also love them, and I gave myself for them. I gave myself for that guy. And I started thinking, he's in me, and he's loving everybody. There's a scripture for that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He, Jesus, gave his whole self. And he's in there giving his whole self. He gave his whole self for me. He gave his whole self for them. Suddenly, then I'm like, man, I was saved by grace, Lord. You saved me by grace. You're extending that grace. You're extending that grace for them, but you're also still extending it for me. What does that scripture say behind me? I do not set aside the grace of God. There's a grace available right now that I could tap into because I'm living in Christ. I could actually tap into that grace and say, Lord, I can't forgive this person on my own, but Christ is in me and Christ has the power and the means to forgive because he's taken their punishment for what they did to me. Did you catch that? He took the punishment that I want him to put on the person that hurt me. Lord, that person deserves punishment. He goes, I completely agree. And that's why I took the punishment. What? Yes. And I'm in you. I'm in you, Joshua. I've given grace to you now. And I, but I can empathize with you. Look, listen to this. Jesus is in me. And he goes, Josh, oh, man. Not only do I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly how that feels, being betrayed. I know exactly how that feels, being let down. I know exactly how that feels. And also, Josh, oh, yeah, come here, son. I love you. I love you. I totally get that. Totally get that. And, by the way, I took the punishment that they deserve. I know how that feels, too. Like, he, doesn't mock, he doesn't mock me. He's not mocking me. He's not saying, oh, it ain't no thing. He didn't say it ain't no thing. He said, oh, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. In fact, I took it so seriously that I took the punishment for that. So I have a right to forgive them because I bought that forgiveness. I didn't, this is, we ain't talking about a cheap grace that I'm not setting aside. We're talking about the most lavish, generous, expensive grace that was ever purchased with the perfect life of my Messiah Jesus. And he's in me and he's not only willing to forgive them, but he's willing to forgive me. And not only that, but he's willing to comfort me. It says he comes with healing in his wings. For those of you that took uh, the tips class recently they talk about empathy Jesus is so good at empathy 
He's so good at empathy. He didn't, you know, he didn't silver line it for me. Well, at least you're alive. He comes right in and goes, I totally get that. You know what the amazing thing about Jesus, by the way? For the rest of us, when we empathize, then we can say, like, wow, that is so hard. Like, I don't even, I don't even know what to say about that. I've never been through that, but I'm here with you. And that's beautiful. That's not cheap. That's beautiful. Do that. But Jesus not only can do that, he can say, and I've also been through exactly what you've been through. Come here. Let me just hold you for a minute. Come on. He has a right to heal us. So then, I'm, I'm starting to warm up to this idea. I'm starting to warm up to this idea. And I begin to say, Lord, if I've died in you, and I live through you, and you are in me, though I can't manufacture any feeling or desire to forgive this person naturally, I agree that you're in me forgiving this person. I will agree that you are in me forgiving this person. And something started to shift. How many of you have ever stepped into a river? It doesn't look like it's moving very fast, right? And then you step in and you're just like, whoosh, right? And you're just like, whoa! That's what it's like to step into the grace of God. The grace of God has a momentum. And when you agree with Christ, you step into that momentum. Suddenly now, you're in step with the Spirit. You step out of the natural and you step into the supernatural which is available and he starts moving you and then suddenly, then suddenly I went from Lord I can agree that you're forgiving them very quickly to say and Lord I agree that you forgive them. And it wasn't much longer I fell right over the waterfall and said and Lord I forgive them. Amen? Isn't that good? He's so good. So, so, so that's one example, okay? So you, so you catch, you can see how that works, all right? You can see how that works. So that's an, an example of forgiveness. Now, how do we do this? How do we keep doing this? I think I just gave you like a pretty good, a pretty good example. I'm feeling good about it. You clapped. I feel like that, that's usually a good sign. So, so how can we do this with some of these other things? How can we step into what God's doing? How can we agree with what Christ is doing in each of these things so that in our practical lives, we don't try to, we don't, we don't set aside the grace that's available to do just that in each situation? How can we do that? How many of you guys get frustrated because you really honestly, um, you, 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 Romans 7, right? We, we're all familiar with Romans 7, right? That thing that I want to do, I don't do that. And that thing that I really don't want to do, oh, I do that, right? That was Romans 7. You guys remember Romans 7, okay? And it's so frustrating. And he goes, ah, wretched man that I am. But then that wasn't the end, by the way. It's all one letter. He says, praise be to God. Praise be to God that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit, which is in Christ Jesus, has set us free. We are no longer slaves to sin. We're not in that sin nature anymore. Old things have passed away. New things have come. We died in Christ. Some of you are like, don't be messing with Romans 7. I like Romans 7. Romans 7 keeps me a sinning from the beginning. No, but what does this say? I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, where? In the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, I do not set aside the grace of God. 
Are you, do you, are you guys believing me? Do you understand that you died with Christ? Do you understand that you are a new creation? Do you understand that you do not have a sin nature anymore? Not so sure. What does that say? Let's just, say, let's just read this together. I have been crucified. Let's say it out loud, guys. Here we go. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Stop. What did that just say? You no longer live. So if you no longer live, when you were crucified with Christ, did you have a sin nature? Okay, so what happened to your sin nature when you were crucified with Christ? It died. So, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Is there any sin in the Son of God? Okay, so where are you in this? The life I now live in the body. Are you in the body? All right, so we're all good there. You're living by faith, and where are you living in? So where is your body? In the Son of God. Is there sin in the Son of God? Do you have a sin nature? You do not have a sin nature. Now, are you capable of sinning? Yes. Yes, you are. Just like Adam and Eve were capable of sinning before they had a sin nature, you are capable of sinning. If you were not capable of sinning, you would not be capable of choice. And God would be a tyrant and a dictator, not a loving father. Are you with me? So we can't remove the ability to sin without removing the ability to choose to love God. You, we're going all the way back to the beginning here, but you guys are with me. This is so huge because as we continue to talk about this, bearing the fruit of the Spirit, staying in step with the Spirit, we need to understand that we are not struggling with a sin nature. How many of us have gotten into such a frustrating struggle because we consider our flesh evil? I'm going to say everybody in this room at some time or other has been like, evil, bad, naughty, naughty flesh, I hate you. And we live in Romans 7, which is like the thing I want to do, I I don't do. The thing that I do want to do, I don't do. And we're just like, and the feelings are there, right? The appetites and desires are there. So I just want to say this. This is what the Bible says. Go back and read it again. It's not just my slide. It's in all of them. They all say this. So I'll let you prove that more to yourself if you're still grappling like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure I do have a sin nature. I don't want to give that up and accidentally end up in hell. You won't, but dig deeper. Be good Berean if you're still questioning it. Dig deeper. But I'm telling you, the scripture says, you have died with Christ. You're a new creation. Now here's the thing. You still have flesh. You still have flesh. Some of you are probably thinking like, well, yeah, I know. I know exactly (laughs) what's going on. So here is some great news about how we can stay in step with the Spirit and not let the flesh lead us. Okay, so here it is. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now you notice that it doesn't say you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. This word flesh is sarks. It means flesh. It means body. This body. It's the same word that's used when God says, Husbands, love your wife like your own body. Clearly, He's not saying, Love your wife like your dirty, rotten sin nature. 
and beat her into submission. We know he's not saying that, is he? No, he's saying love her as you love your own flesh. And what does he say? Who of you doesn't love your own flesh and care for it and take, take care of it? But many of us have lived in this weird, like, zombie state where we're like, bad flesh, bad, evil flesh, boo. And we, we're mean to ourselves. Did you guys know that if you are mean to yourself, then you will seek comfort? And if you are mean to yourself, you will most likely seek comfort in some uncomfortable ways, <laughs> some unhealthy ways. Exhausted saints tend to medicate. I have noticed this. And if we spend our energy beating on ourselves, we get a little exhausted, we get a little beat down, and we medicate in some, some unhealthy ways. And I just want to tell you, here's the good news. God does not require that. He does not require that. Let me give you an example uh, here. So, walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That word desires, uh, I, you know what, I didn't write it down, but if you go and look at the Greek, it is translated as desires in almost every situation. There's a couple places where it's, where, it's, uh, where it's translated as lust. One of those is lust after the greater gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So it's desires, okay? It's desires. It's, it's, it's desires, the desires of the flesh. We're talking about this. Listen, we're talking about morally neutral desires. How many of you love a bowl of ice cream? Come on, yeah, yeah. And for the rest of you, a bowl of whatever it is that you like, right? You love that thing. And then how many of you immediately after having it think, man, if one is good, two has got to be better, right? Two has got to be better. Three, that's like the Trinity. That's a holy thing. Three bowls of ice cream, one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. Come on. Me and Ethan went on our way back from a prayer summit, and we stopped. We had lunch, and then we're driving through, and there was like an A&W over there, and I was like, Ethan. Have you, uh, you ever had like one of those blended freezes? And he's like, dude, I don't even know what this magic from heaven that is a blessing of God you're speaking of. And I said, pull in. So we got some of those A&W freezes. But while we were there, I was like, man, if you're going to have a freeze, though, we need to get some cheese curds. So we were so jacked up on lac lactose, man. It was so good, wasn't it? Pure gluttony, though. Like all desires of the flesh right there for me. I had just come from lunch. It had been like an hour and a half since we'd eaten, you know. I was just like, oh, this is a bad idea. The point being, my desire of my flesh was not wise, right? How many of you have noticed that your flesh is not super good at measuring things, right? It's just not real great at that. That's not what it does. It's not good. It doesn't, it's not good at that. It's not good at that. I had this friend, I know of someone, and, and uh, he used to treat his flesh first as his master, right? This is before Christ, right? It's just like whatever my flesh wants, you know, just straight hedonism. That's not hard to do. That's like gravity. Just let your flesh have whatever it wants. Come on, we've all done that at one point or another. And it just doesn't go well, you know? You're lethargic. You're probably, you know, you're just, it's not good. Terrible master. So we get saved, right? We die with Christ, we're raised again. This particular individual, though, um, sort of, honestly misunderstood how things work and saw his flesh as, as a curse, like sin nature, like Romans 7 with no Romans 8. Just like bad flesh, bad, dirty, horrible flesh. I just, ugh, ugh. just like old school, you know, just mortification of the flesh, you know, just mean, running, it was not going well. Zero change in, in, in amount of sins because he was destroying himself. So the Lord helped him. He's like, whoa, 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 Romans 8, read Romans 8. Oh, okay, not bad flesh, not bad flesh, but I need to, I need to, I need to make sure and direct this flesh so 
Then he began to treat his flesh more like a dog, like, fetch, body, work hard, body, do what I say, body, go over to this place, body. Like, not a good pet owner at all. Like a, like a horrible pet owner, treated himself like a dog. The Lord spoke to him and said, why don't you treat your flesh like a child? You're to love and care for it, but you must lead it. Not be led by it. You must set the course and limitations for it. Not let it set the boundaries and the vision. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I mean, everybody loves their children. But man, you've seen children that don't have loving limits, right? That is like, that's a form of abuse, right? Just kid all jacked up on sugar, just running around grabbing people. They're always at that height, too. It's very painful and dangerous for parents, other adults, right? They're just, they're just, and what do they want? They want to be led. They want to be raised up to know God and know what boundaries are. They, they crave that. When we don't give them that and let the kid run the show, oh, my goodness. There's nothing collaborative about that. It's a terrible situation. But we don't deal with that child by going, you're a terrible kid. You know, we don't do that. We love them. We're like, come here, baby. We're going to start talking about how we're going to address this. Let's talk about how we're going to move forward. Because you are welcome into this family, but you don't own it. You don't lead it. You're part of it. Welcome. Welcome. Let's talk about how this works. You lead a child and you love a child. How many of us, how many of us, could you picture that for yourself to change from, maybe you've been treating your sin like a curse. I mean, your flesh like a, like a sin nature and a curse, right? And you're going, am I allowed to even think of it differently? Yes, the Bible says, yes, you're allowed to do that. You can upgrade. But maybe some of you upgraded and you've been treating your flesh like a dog. You like, you don't take care of it. You don't treat it with respect and honor and value. You just work it. You're just like, fetch, flesh, fetch. What if you began to say, okay, I'm going to begin to lead this body. I'm going to lead these emotions. I'm going to lead these desires with my spirit and the spirit of God. I'm going to begin to lead my flesh. What would that look like? Not hate it, not mistreat it, not talk naughty to it, not be mean to it, but, but love it like a child. What could that look like? Well, the scripture says this. Walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Let's just use the kid example again, right? It's like, you know, your child comes to you, and they're like, hey, I'm thinking I'm going to stay up all night and watch this miniseries, and, and then tomorrow I'll have plenty of energy, right? As a good parent, you go, how about you can watch two episodes and then brush your teeth and be in bed by 8.30, and then you can do that for a few nights, and then you'll get the same. But I don't want to do that. I know. I know that. I know you don't want to. I totally get that. You're excited about this. It's natural for you to want to do that thing that seems really fun and exciting. But it's better that we do this in a way that's going to be a blessing. And what is that? That's a very practical picture of us leading our flesh. Now, you notice it does. it's saying that it desires what's contrary to the Spirit. So what does that mean? It means our first instinct, beloved, even though we're born again, our first instinct of our flesh is that the flesh does want instant gratification. It wants what it wants. It doesn't mean that it's evil. 
It just wants what it wants. How many of you know that are married that your flesh doesn't remember that it's married? Nobody's raising their hand. That's weird. Anyway, how many of you know, right? How many of you, don't, like it doesn't take, like your flesh doesn't know when it's full very often, right? It doesn't know when it should turn the TV off very often. It doesn't, it doesn't naturally go, wow, I kind of see where this is going on this movie, and I'm, and I'm going to just skip it. It's like, no, let's just check. Let's just see. I'm curious. It's like, no, flesh, we know where this is going. We're not going to be curious. Let's just move forward. Let's just fast forward that part, right? What's the point? The point is not that you're evil. The point is that the desires of the flesh are contrary to the desires of the Holy Spirit. And we can tap into what the Holy Spirit is doing. So how does this get practical for you? Well, well it gets practical because, well, first of all, that you have permission to just know that your first inclination, which is usually very carnal, very instant gratification, um, or on the flip side, right? I mean, one of these, one of these fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering. The first inclination of your flesh is not going to be like, oh, do tell. Like, that was super belittling and patronizing the way you just said that. And it was like actually a direct attack on me and super passive-aggressive. My first inclination is to just be like, oh, please, let me draw you out. I want to hear more. No, my first inclination is like, who do you think you are? Like, you know, go, let me go ahead and interrupt you right now and tell you, let me set you straight right now, right? That's your first inclination. Is it wrong that it's your first inclination? No, it's just your first inclination. It's just perfectly natural. Don't beat yourself up for that, just like you wouldn't slap a child. Don't slap yourself. Just go, okay, hold on. You know, in the tips class, they would say, you want to try that again? Your spirit gets to say to your flesh, let's try that again. Right? So the Lord is inviting us. He's inviting us to get in step with the Spirit. But here's the part you can start skipping, all right? Effective immediately, you can start skipping, beating yourself up, feeling regrets, feeling bad, feeling condemned that your first inclination, your first desire was a perfectly natural but not the right desire. How's that feel? But your second inclination is the desire of the spirit. The flesh is pretty loud. I'm sure the spirit is speaking right away. It's just that, let's go with the child thing. How many of you guys know your kids are usually louder than you, right? On ice cream! <laughs> right? Well, the flesh is much like that. You know, it's just like, woo, pretty woman. You are married, Joshua. Oh, that's right. I was, whenever I use that joke, I was worried people are like, you confess that twice. It wasn't a confession. Here's the point. The flesh is loud, and so it's okay to say, okay, all right, I hear that. I hear that. But I'm going to lead you this way. I'm going to lead you this way. Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Christ, what are you doing? I want to be in step with what you're doing right now. That thing that that person just said was so offensive. I am so offended right now. Oh my goodness. I have so many good comebacks already, right now. I'm gonna, I could just eviscerate them right now, verbally, just let them know how petty and selfish and horrible that was, the thing that they just said. But, shh, hang on, flesh, hang on. 
All right, Jesus, what are you doing right now? What are you doing in me right now? Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now? And the Holy Spirit says, don't worry about it. Just let it go. Just let it go. Well, I don't, I don't really want to let it go, Lord. Yeah, I know, but it's okay because you know what? Love keeps no record of wrongs. And I'm about to do something really good. Just don't even worry about that. Just let it pass. Now, here's what's so cool. The desire of the flesh passes very quickly. It springs up quickly, and it passes quickly. Right? Let's just go back to the kids again. I want that toy. I want that toy. It's the greatest toy. I'll die if I don't have it. I really need it. Please, we got to go buy it. We got to go buy it. We got to buy it. And then, like, two weeks later, like, you didn't buy it, and it was really rough for three days. I really want it. I really want it. And, but then two weeks later, you're like, hey, so do you want to go get that toy? No. No. I, those are so dumb. I don't want that at all. No, I want this. <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay. Recognize that this is the invitation for us. But don't be condemned that the desire of your flesh is contrary to the desire of the Holy Spirit. It's morally neutral. It only becomes a sin if you start letting your flesh lead. You'll quickly end up in sin. Your flesh takes you from one bowl of ice cream to five bowls of ice cream. You were great on one, maybe even two, if you're going to go for a run. Are you guys with me? So let me, uh, let me just wrap up with a couple of thoughts here. First of all, I want you to, I want you to see this. I want you to think about this. I really liked this verbiage. I'm going to read this scripture to you again. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. I no longer live, Christ lives in me. What that means for each of us is that our authentic self, our true self, looks like this. It means if you are a new creation in Christ... Your authentic self, the real you, is filled with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And anything that's contrary to that is not the real you. If you truly died, and you did, and you now live in Christ, and you do, it means that when you're not seeing these things, when you're not living out and choosing these things, it's not that you're being authentic and it proves something else. It's that you're being inauthentic. Are you guys seeing this? Bad behavior is not the real you. The first inclination of the flesh is not the real you. The feelings and desires that you have that are coming from the flesh does not reflect the real you. It is actually inauthentic for you to be selfish. If you're being selfish, you are being a big faker right now and you need to get back to the real you. Because the real you looks like 
and is empowered by the grace of Jesus. Do you see that? Now the enemy comes in and says, oh, you're acting like that? Well, that's because that's what you are. You're a big fat sinner. No, no, you're not actually. If you're having an area that you need to bring grace into, you need to bring grace into that, but you can say to yourself, like, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm not acting like myself. Will you please forgive me? This is not the real me. And you step back into what God is doing in you, and you access the real you. And the real you, the authentic you, looks like Jesus. But you can't manufacture that. You can choose to agree with him, and then he will pull you into it. Do you see this? Like when I, when I said, Lord, I choose to agree with you. Like, you're forgiving this guy. I choose to agree with you. And then he starts carrying me. And then I'm like, oh, and I also forgive him. And it's the same thing with all these areas of the fruits of the Spirit. When you're in a situation where you need long-suffering. How many of us enjoy long-suffering? Yeah, nobody. Like, and if you do, like, what is wrong with you? Jesus didn't even enjoy long-suffering. He's willing to do it because he's motivated by love. He's patient and he's kind, but he wasn't in the Garden of Gethsemane like, oh, yeah, sweet blood sweating. No. He was like, Lord, God, but not my will but yours. And then he endured the cross for the joy set before him. There are times where he pulls us into. But here's the thing, guys. If it's all about letting our feelings lead us, we will be constantly confused. But what happens is we actually lead by embracing, stepping into what God's doing, agreeing with what he's doing. And it's not that long before our feelings actually catch up. But it's in that crucible of that first moment where we understand like, that the flesh desires, let me use the word feels, the flesh feels like it wants to do its own thing, but the spirit feels like doing something else. This is a huge deal for us guys because we live in America where we have the glorification of the self. Right? It's all about like, you need to do you, bro. Like, you need to be you. You need to do your thing. Live your life, man. Live your life. And it, it, is, it is to such proportions, you guys have seen the, the ridiculous exaggeration of that emotion. It's just like la-la land right now. But, but it's based on this premise of I should do what feels right to me. And we're affected by this in the area of following Christ because what we're looking for, and this is the part where I'm saying there's a ton of hope for you and I in this, we're looking for the idea of like, I, if I'm truly living the life that God wants me to live, then I will feel like long-suffering. How many of you have ever felt like being really patient? I just feel like being patient today. Like, I mean, maybe a couple of us for like a half a second, but only if we use the word patient. If we were to say like, you know, I feel like doing some long suffering today. What? Nobody's ever in the history of the world ever felt like suffering. I feel like suffering today? Ow. But in the spirit of God, because of love, we choose to suffer long. We choose to be patient. And he carries us along and empowers us to stay in step to do it. Does that make sense? But if we can be set free, just if, if, if today, if today you can step out of being driven by the pursuit of having your inclination, your first inclination, your first feeling to be this list of the fruit of the Spirit. If you can step out of that expectation, that's going to be a great degree of freedom for you today and condemnation that you've been facing because you've been waiting to feel like doing 
fruits of the Spirit. And the Bible actually says that won't happen. It will be your second inclination. Do you see that? Does this make sense? So in a practical sense, you can say this. Here's a scenario that's presenting itself. It's scary. My first inclination, my first feeling of the flesh is that I'm going to create some distance. This is a relational situation. Uh, my mother-in-law just used some key words that I know means trouble's coming. I'm just going to distance myself. Like, you know, now's a good time to leave. That's perfectly fine, perfectly natural. But the Spirit of God says, yeah, that's great. That's okay. That's perfectly natural. That's how you're feeling. However, this is where I check in. Lord, I feel like retreating. Jesus, what are you doing right now? And Jesus says, I want you to listen. I want you to listen. I want you to draw closer this time. Okay, I don't feel like doing that, Lord. But if that's what you're doing, then I'm going to do that. Gosh, Mom, I, I, I'm noticing that uh, you're, you seem a little bit upset. Is everything okay? You know? Yeah, actually, I'm going through this thing. And it's like, all of a sudden, you engage, and then there's, there's closeness that happened. Why? Because I went with what I feel? No. No, actually, because I didn't go with what I felt. I didn't go with what was natural. I have gotten step with what was supernatural. I didn't go with my inauthentic self, what's natural. I went with my authentic self, which is what's happening in the spirit. Do you guys get that? Is this helpful? Do, do, you, do, you, feel like, do you feel like this is something that you could do? I mean, it's, it's just that simple as to just say, first of all, I'm going to stop condemning myself that my first feeling is not great. Stop it. You have, you have absolute permission from the Bible to stop criticizing yourself that your first inclination is oftentimes not the right one. You just get the freedom to go, oh, oh good, great. Lord, what are you doing right now? And then you get to step into that. And here's the beauty, by the way, Here's the beauty. When you step into what the Spirit is doing, the flesh also very quickly in good time is also satisfied and becomes your cheerleader. It's like, man, this feels great. I love being generous. This is super cool. Like, I don't love being generous when I first have to give half my ice cream away, but I feel really great about being generous once I've done it and I see how happy you are. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? This is actually better. This is good. And you're going to find that in your walk. So as we continue to walk together and bear the fruit of the Spirit. May you walk in the freedom of no longer condemning yourself in places that God has not condemned you. In treating this vehicle, this body, this flesh with love and care, but leading it, leading it, and not judging it, just leading it. Asking Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Stepping into what Holy Spirit's doing. Staying in step with Holy Spirit. And this fruit... He bears it in you. There's grace for that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you didn't come to condemn us, but to save us. We thank you that you made us, and when you made us, you said, it is very good. And Lord, certainly when we were born again, you said, it is very good. Lord, in the places where we've been cruel to ourselves, we ask that you would forgive us and you would heal us. Lord, in the places where we've been led by our feelings and by our natural inclinations, Lord, we want to set that aside 
and begin to lead our flesh in a healthy way. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come upon each of us and we would become better students and followers and staying in step with what you're doing, that we would bear fruit. And we rest in this promise from you. We did not choose you, but you chose us that we would bear fruit and that fruit will remain. Amen. The prayer servant team is coming forward. If you need prayer or encouragement, please come up. And also, don't wait until everything is broken. You are all in full-time ministry. Come get prayer for God to increase all the cool things that are going on in your lives. God bless you guys.